Welcome to the Rap Lab. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sunday, so you know what that means. It's an all new episode of the Rap Lab Podcast. It's your boy, back for the first time in a long time, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. To G or not to G is the question. Y'all know who it is. Y'all know what I do. Always keeping it true. It's the Q. And uh, it's another episode of The Formula. It's just me and QG by ourselves. You know how we do. The Formula, we only take half of us, two out of the four. We have an intimate discussion, a, a deep dive about one particular topic. So a uh, peace to the Rev Barber and our boy T.O. But they'll be back next week when, uh, when we uh, interview Detroit-based hip-hop artist CMC Guapo. But for now, it's me and the Q. And uh, today's topic is... Uh, well, the best way I could put it is bad boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we talking bad boy records today, any and everything. And um, before we even get into it, yo, QG, tell them why you picked bad boy records. I picked bad boy records because when we did the formula, the first thing we talked about was death row. And I felt it was appropriate to talk about the counterpart. And it's interesting with bad boy and the legacy of bad boy. Anytime we bring up Bad Boy Records, obviously the first person that comes to mind to me is the notorious Biggie. But I feel that there's so much more to dive into as far as the roster and the records that don't get talked about enough. So I feel Bad Boy Records deserves their flowers and that's why we're here. And uh, obviously we talked about uh, Death Row the last time we did a formula, but there's more meat on the bone when you go to the barbecue when you talk about Bad Boy, because Bad Boy, uh, Bad Boy existed way after Death Row crumbled, so we'll we'll talk about that. But uh, you talk about Bad Boy Records, a lot of people forget that uh, Mr. Sean, Mr. Sean Puffy Combs, or P Diddy, or Puff Daddy, or whatever you want to call him. Um, a lot of people forget he was already a record executive before he formed Bad Boy. He was an executive at uh, what was it, Uptown Records? Yes, sir. He was under Andre Harrell. Rest in peace, Andre Harrell. He was the intern there. Yeah, and uh, uh, Uptown, he was, he was uh, now, uh, my knowledge is not too sharp, but maybe you can refresh us, but he was uh, responsible for Mary J. Blige. Is that right, on Uptown? He was responsible for Mary J. Blige, Heavy D, and a couple of other acts that he was producing for. And Puffy just had a natural for talent. You know, he was young and hungry, and he was just so good at creating and orchestrating sound. He may not be a producer as far as an engineer pushing the buttons, but he has an idea of what music is supposed to sound like. So he was very instrumental with Mary J. Blige and Heavy, not just with the records, but also with the look and the fashion and the swag and the character. You know, Puffy was able to bring that knowledge to Uptown Records. And it was a great time because we're talking about the early 90s and it was a great 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 moment for hip-hop because you're getting into the golden age you're, you're stepping out of the 80s you're going into the 90s and there's a new sound and a new flavor and puff was one of the main architects not just with uptown but he produced for other artists as well he did some stuff with outcasts he did a lot of work around that time Yep, and a lot of people um, in that in that time frame may or may not know this, but um, Puff Puff would later go on to uh, be let go by Uptown. Uh, one of the catalysts for him being let go uh, was the riot at City College during a concert. 
Yeah, that was a very tragic day. Very, very tragic. It made the headlines, made the news, and and people lost their lives that day. It was a it was a traumatic experience for everybody involved. Now, if memory serves correct, uh, Puppy had put on a concert at City College in Harlem. Things got out of hand. People got trampled. Yeah, and there's actually scary there's some footage out there i don't know if it's still online but you could clearly see puffy giving cpr to someone like he's pounding on their chest giving them mouth-to-mouth resuscitation and it was it was it was scary it was scary the place was overpacked and and uh people got trampled unfortunate but then uh after all that happens uh he's let go from uptown and i guess he has an idea to start bad boy records while he was still at uptown he meets uh christopher wallace who later goes on to be known as the notorious big that story is well documented and um he convinces big to go along with him and uh he starts bad boy records in around late 93 and uh not only does he bring biggie with him but uh he goes to brentwood long island and brings craig mack with him too Yes. And I, that's why that's another reason why we're here. Craig doesn't get enough credit that he deserved. There would be no bad boy records without Craig breaking out first. Yes, he did have big, but Mac came out first with the project funk the world album in 1994. And the main single that pushed bad boy records is flavor in your ear. People talk about the big Mac cover with Craig on side, a biggie on side B and, it was just a breakthrough, game-changing time. Nobody heard a style like Craig before. And shout out to Easy Mo B for being the producer. He was there. Uh, he's a legend. He doesn't get enough credit either. It, like, there wouldn't be no bad boy without Easy Mo B. And when you look at the production, Easy Mo B was all over that Craig Mack album and all them early big records. You want to hear something funny? You know, a flavor in your ear? You know what Easy Mo B sampled for that beat? Tell us. Blow dryer. <laughs> that is so creative. A blow dryer. And you, you probably will know what part of the beat I'm talking about when you hear it. Everybody out there listening, please listen to that track again and listen closely for the blow dryer. And please email us or hit us up on our social medias and tell us that you heard it. Shout outs to our boy T.O. Just like a piece of sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and inside joke, well, outside now. Anytime you guys listen to the show and you hear me call T.O. Mac, that's where the name comes from. It comes from Craig Mac because he's such a big Craig Mac fan. And all these years, you know, we kept calling him Mac or Buster Mac because of Buster Rhymes and Craig Mac. But the Mac comes from Craig Mac. So shout out to him for that. Yeah, man. Like, and like, like you alluded to earlier, a lot of people may not know this or, or may have forgotten, but Bad Boy's first project was the Craig Mack album. They dropped him and then dropped Big a week later. Yeah, right after the heels of Project Funk the World, Juicy came out, and Juicy just was an explosion. It was uh, it was a record that made hip-hop fans who were listening to more West Coast rap, West Coast dominance at the time, they had to turn around and pay attention to the Juicy record because it was a big, beautiful record, and Ready to Die comes out, which is a classic album that we've talked about before and multi-platinum success. And I think Craig gets underscored because Ready to Die sold way more units than Project Funk the World. 
and you know you sell five million records out the gate for your debut puffy sees that he has a diamond right here by the name of the notorious big yeah and and going back to craig mack for a second <clears throat> excuse me uh going back to craig mack for a second a lot of people forget craig mack went gold yes he did Five hundred thousand units sold yes he the very did next week biggie comes out and yeah biggie overshadowed craig mack but Let's, let's get into a debate real quick between the first two bad boy artists because both were commercially successful. Mm-hmm. Even though gold is not platinum, going gold in the 90s was still a big deal. It still got you a plaque. Agreed. But do you ever think, QG, that Craig Mack was ever intended to be the star of Bad Boy in those early days? I think with Puff, he saw that he was able to mold the notorious big into something because big has this raw talent but how do you market raw talent craig i think craig knew who he was out the gate and with his off the wall style and everything like that puff is looking at him like hmm can i really push with this guy i need somebody with the image and you heard big said it himself i'm black i'm ugly and everything like that but he just has so much swag and so much game about him I think what Puff was looking for was another Heavy D. And Heavy D gets credit for being an architect behind Biggie Smalls. Biggie always credited Heavy D. He even has records with Heavy D. He he learned from Heavy D. So I think Puff was like, okay, I could take this guy. He could rap. He has some swagger about him. Let me dress him up a little bit. Let me put some, let me, let me, let me put him out there. Let me, let me clean up his image a little bit. So I think he realized that he can work with big in a sense of I could give him some ideas and he'll go with it. I think he had more of that relationship with big in that sense, other than Craig. So I feel to answer your question, I think once he saw that he had that relationship with big, he started gravitating more towards big and kind of distancing himself from Craig. Well, we mentioned flavor in your ear is the, uh, is the uh, the big Craig Mack single off Project Funk the World. Uh, Making Moves with Puff is actually my favorite song on the album. It's a good song. Yeah, Making Moves with the Puff. Yeah, it's a good... It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a... it's a. There's a lot of stuff on that album that don't get enough. I love that song. Um, what is it? Uh, get Down? Oh, I love Get Down, especially the way I want to hear that boom, boom, boom. I just love how it sounds, man. That's another easy mo beat. Now, shout outs to our boy Rev Barber, because you know, I don't think he would approve Project Funk the World because you know, only eleven tracks. <laughs> yeah. Eleven yeah. tracks. Eleven shout tracks out to the Rev. Yeah. Eleven tracks totaling forty nine minutes, but yeah, shout out to the Rev. I mean, Rev 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 wants, you know, his 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 money's worth when it comes to, to records. So but yeah, still Project Funk the World for those that appreciate it is a good album. But a lot of people will tell you that the more popular remix to Flavor in Your Ear with Buster Rhymes, LL Cool J, Rampage, and Biggie is what killed Craig Mack's career because, uh, don't forget, UPS is higher. <laughs> you thought Big was talking to Craig? I think he was talking to Craig. And uh, don't, don't remember, Biggie gets more butts than ashtrays. <laughs> well, remember, he said, I got more Mac than Craig in the bed. So he, you know, he kind of he kind of threw his little shots head and everything like that. Even 
there's a video where, you know, Big was like, I don't mess with that dude at all. And jumping on Flav in your ear remix was a favor for Puff. So, yeah, I mean, you could kind of see how things were starting to change a little bit. And Big started to get more in the forefront. And the remix is fantastic. It's a great lineup. We even covered it on Posse Cuts. So, yeah, you could kind of see where the where the changing of the guard was going. It starts with Craig, and it, now it leads more towards Biggie. And and the thing is, let's let's talk about uh, ready. We we talked about ready to die so much. Yes. Uh, throughout the history of the Rap Lab, uh, you could go and check the archives for numerous episodes where this album comes up. But it's 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 widely regarded as a one of the albums that brought New York back. Yes. B, one of the greatest rookie debut albums of all time. Facts. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to go too deep in, in Ready to Die. And Ready to Die is what put back. I mean, yeah, Project Funk, the world, cool, whatever. But I think that's the album that put uh, Bad Boy on the map. Of course, talking about Ready to Die. Absolutely. And when you look at what Ready to Die was able to do, even with, I want to point out as well, the background vocals, because on Juicy, who's helping sing in the hook. Total. Yep. And in, in some of the other records, you hear uh, Faith Evans singing in the background. And it kind of springboards them now to come out with their releases. And that's what I love about the industry, too, at the time, where you can have people get their start on other people's records and then you get familiar with the voice and then they drop out albums and they'd be like oh i heard the before let me go check this out so with the huge success of ready to die winning all these crazy awards at the source awards we talked about that too biggie himself now you start to go into more of the rb lane which is which is which is tailor-made for puff after his work with mary and total comes out with some platinum joints Faith comes out with a platinum album. It's like everything he touches turns to gold or platinum. And I want to also shout out Chucky Thompson and D Dot as well for being the other producers along with Easy. Now, Movie. now, now, hold on, hold on. You know when you mentioned D Dot, you know what I'm gonna say, right? <laughs> what you gonna say about D Dot, man? Tell him why you mad, son. Tell him why you mad. <laughs> the bad rapper, yo, man. I used to love those skits, man. <laughs> Bro, you know what? When we get to, when we get to the 1997 portion of this conversation, I'm gonna. Woo, ah, man, those are great. Do you have a favorite mad rapper skit? There's so many. Bro, my favorite. All right, so while we on it, <laughs> my favorite mad rapper skit is the one that plays on uh. No Way Out by Puff Daddy and the family right after, right after Been Around the World. <laughs> That's a great one, man. Especially Bro. when he, uh, like, like um, how did it go again? What did he say? He's like, yo, he's, he's, he, he, he's like, yo, but he's driving around backwards in the car. Where the hell is he going? Man? That's the exact one. <laughs> yo, 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 tell him why you mad, son. Tell him why you mad. Where the mad rapper, the bad producer. Yep. <laughs> yo, and the man. funny thing about them, yeah. They always had an announcer. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for <laughs> Yo, like even 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 the debut of the Mad Rapper on Life After Death is one of my is one of my all-time favorites too because it's just it was so perfect for Biggie at the time. And we'll get to it when we cover Life After Death in this portion. But it, like the debut of the bad rapper, he's like, he's, he's like, you're first of all, you can't be asking me why I'm mad. So you say, who the hell is you? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. You know what I'm saying? $500,000. They got bitches. Part of my language, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, that was, that was too good. 
man. But uh, but, but back to the uh, ready to die. You know the difference between ready to die and, and Project Funk the world is? Tell them. Project Funk the world is just music. Ready to die is like a cinematic. Ooh, good analogy, especially with warning. Warning is a movie. Yeah, like like the the entire the entire ready to die is uh yeah, the entire ready to die. That's that's that is cinematic from beginning to end. And it tells a story from top to bottom, like the way they started out with the intro of Biggie being born, going to jail, all these things, all the way down to the end, to where he kills himself. Yep. Incredible. Project Funk the World. Craig Craig just made 11 songs. Yeah, he just went in the studio, he rapped, he did his thing, and Craig could rap. And, and honestly, and, and I love that album, and God rest his soul, because, you know, I fucks with Craig, but... Yes, sir. Like, Craig, I feel like Craig just went main music. There was no concept behind the album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, funk, P-funk, G-funk, you know, you know, whatever you want to call it. He was just a funky artist, and he just went in there, and he just you know, rapped and did his thing. And that, that was the difference between him and um, and Biggie. And what I mentioned earlier with Total, Total came out with their, with their self-titled album in 1996. And the big single, you know, that pushed it was Can't You See with the Notorious Big. And, Can't and then, you see? Yeah, that's a, that's a classic cut, man. What that's, you do to me? That's, that's an ill joint. And then they had no one else featuring the brat. And you know, like it was, it was great. And then faith, like I could listen to. Oh man, like when it comes to faith and her her album, one of my one of my all time favorite songs. It, it like it's just it's just so it's just so it has that bounce, you know what I'm saying? And her her self titled 1995 album, Faith. And shout out to Mary J. Blige for also being a part of that, also with the writing. But uh, the song "You Used to Love Me." pushed that album you know what i mean that doom 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 it was just it was just a great time great time 1994 1995 for bad boy yo but look at look at look at the track record though craig mack gold ready to die by biggie uh, quadruple platinum faith Mm -hmm. evans platinum total platinum a lot of people forget 112 dropped in 1996 double platinum there you go they couldn't lose and then that brings us to, and 112, you know what? It, a lot of people don't, I feel like, you know, in the scope of R&B, 112 don't get a, 112 doesn't get as much respect as they deserve. But. No, 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 they don't. And they deserve it too. And like I said before, where did they get their start? They Basketball. was, they uh, as far as being in the background. Yep. Singing choruses and being a part of records. It's, it was a great start for them. And Biggie really, stood for 112. I remember hearing a story from one of the members of 112 where there was a performance going on or a show and they told him, yeah, you could get in, but they can't get in. And Big was like, yo, if you don't let them come in with me, I'm not coming. And Big is the headliner. You're going to lose a lot of money. You'll lose everything if Big don't come in here and do the show. So he's like, I'm not getting in there without my crew. So he big big was loyal to 112, but 112 was loyal to him. It's kind of funny. I read a report. Big was really, really, really cool with Jodeci. Right. And when Jodeci was doing records with Pac 
And if everybody remembers at the House of Blues when they was up there with him, you know, they was making, you know, Pac was saying what he was saying. And then somebody from Jody C made that little comment. Yeah, give me a he's like, he's like, yeah, give me a Biggie Smalls beat to sing over. I don't care. So Big was like, word, y'all want to do it like that? So he started distancing himself from Jodeci, who had a relationship with Puff, and he started focusing on 112. Wow. I I, I didn't know that story at all. Yes, sir. Yeah, it was like, it was like choosing sides, you know what I mean? Jodeci was cool with Puff, obviously. It was cool with Big. Big wanted to do joints with him. But they was they was rolling with pocket and then you know, and, and you that know, energy with pop. Exactly. And you know, Casey and Jojo are synonymous with you bought how do you want it and toss it up. There you go. Look at all the joints they did together. Speaking of Pac, 95 source awards. How can we forget, man? <laughs> oh, here we how go. We forget? Here, here we it go. comes. Here it comes. <laughs> the producer, all in the video, <laughs> dancing. You know, we'll, 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 you know what? Let me ask you. Let me let me let's let let's talk about that. Um, because leading into the Source Awards, obviously, we're talking for three years. West Coast was dominating hip hop, and you could look at Death Row and see where the dominance was also coming from. Yep. And we know with the story of Suge and Puff, Suge and Puff were actually friends. Prior to all this, there's been stories where Puff was like, yeah, I used to party with Suge. Me and Suge used to hang out and everything. But there's pictures of them hanging out online. Yeah. I think I think what everything changed and we could look at it was when Suge Knight's friend, Jake Robles, where he was killed, allegedly by Sean Puffy Combs' bodyguard. And this was at Jermaine Dupri's party. Yep. And when this happened, everything changed. And then tensions really started to brew as bad boy is dominating and Puffy is now looked at as the crown prince when that used to be Suge Knight. Now, Death Row is still Death Row, but bad boy is rising. Puffy's getting all this admiration. Tell everybody what Suge Knight decides to do. Who does he decide to bring to the roster? He went to, uh, he went to Clinton Correctional. He paid the bail and brought Tupac Shakur with him. Ain't it funny how all this kind of works together? Because what happened prior to the awards, the Times Square incident at Quad Studios. Yeah, where Pac gets shot and, he, and uh, Puffy and Biggie just happened to be at that studio and he blamed them. And so Suge saw that. Suge already has it out for Puff. Pac has it out for Puck. I mean, Pac has it out for Puff and Big, excuse me. So it's like, hey, let me get this guy. We're going to go after all of them. I got somebody that's going to rock. Or, or as Pac called them, uh, Buffy and Piggy. <laughs> hey, hit him up comes out. Oh, my God. I mean, and, and you talked about the Source Awards. You know, Puffy did his best to try to de-escalate it, saying he's the executive producer that Sugar was talking about. He's proud of Suge and Death Row, Dre, and all their achievements. Puff and Faith and Chris Webber even present an award to Snoop Dogg at the Source Awards. Snoop gave him a hug, and he's like, we officially made the East Coast, West Coast one love. And just getting into it, West Coast artists was getting booed. The Source Awards was in New York, so the tension was already in the air where Death Row was already getting booed every time they went up there to get an award. It was, it was crazy what was going on at the time. 
Yep, and uh, not to mention, uh, we if you want to hear about the entire event, we do have in the archives. Yes, we uh, do a full recap of the 1995 Source Awards. But nah, the New York niggas is haters, man, because they boot they even boot Outcast. Yeah, they was hating very, very, very hard. Outcast ain't had nothing to do with anything. Not at all, you know. But getting back to to everything going on, so now you got a Death Row versus Bad Boy rivalry, which is kind of funny to me because. How many rappers are on death row and how many rappers are on bad boy at the time to get into a rap beef? It's a good question. Because now you got big, you got Junior Mafia. Junior Mafia wanted to do they, you know, do a little diss back, but big one let him do it. Even though Junior Mafia was not signed to bad boy at the time, you know, they was part of the crew. Yeah, because they man's. Yeah. And, you know, the locks comes in early. They don't have a record, but they're around. They're making moves. They said they wanted to, to, to jump in and get involved in it. You got a mace coming in here. He's not really involved because he's just getting his feet wet and learning as well, being part of the team. So it was really all on Big. And Big big through his jabs and his subs and everything, which we touched on. But can you call this a rivalry when you got all these components on Death Row versus Bad Boy? Can you really? Because because when you look at 1996, Big kind of chilled for a bit. You know what I mean? He's riding off the success with Ready to Die, riding off the success with Junior Mafia, and all these things he's doing. So now it's Death Row's turn to come back, and you know, Pop comes out with a bomb in 1996, and then it just. It just it just it just goes from there. Unfortunately, everything kind of comes to a close when Pop gets killed in Vegas. Yeah, and you can't really call it death row death row death row versus bad boy because it was just it was just uh it was just Pac the outlaws and Suge versus Puff and Big. Like you said, Mace didn't get involved from the bad bad boy side. Right. I mean, I mean yeah, Pac used. I mean, I, I personally think Faith Evans slept with Tupac. There's the Talking about she didn't know. There's no way <laughs> her husband got an arch enemy on the other side, and you don't know. And that's yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how how all that went down with Faith. How how she could be so naive also, at the time. But then also, she really is naive because to get engaged to somebody you only been dating for one week. Oh no 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 no. no, no. I, I mean, hey man, hey. I know that I know I know I know she's somebody's mom, but she come off like a bimbo. Oh god. Now look at her and Stevie J to this day. No, 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 no. no. Well, 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 that actually has come to an end now, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she, she don't know how to act when it comes when, when, when she see men. She just get all excited. But oh man, <laughs> but nah, but you can't call it a, a, full, a full. By the way, Stevie J, you the man, son. But um, <laughs> uh, why? Why is he the man? <laughs> that 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 nigga is the man. That nigga is the man. Watch watch Love and Hip Hop. You'll see. Oh man, I don't watch that show, people. But yeah, but yeah, okay. I mean, he can that, say that. The shout out, he's the man. Yeah, that nigga is the man. I like Stevie J, the producer. I don't about all that other stuff, man. Bad boy, baby, hitman. But um, <laughs> but nah, man. But nah, you can't call it a fool. It was a it was a Pac versus Big thing and. Yeah, you said big chilled out, but big did some sucker shit, which we'll 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 get into. Oh boy, <laughs> you know if somebody released hit him up and I and about me and I heard it, you know I'd have to I'd have to fire back. I, you know what it is because hit him up hit him up took things way too far as far as the diss. Like 
it wasn't just a rap battle. It was personal. Oh, but but it's true because you know he did used to let Pac did used to let that nigga sleep on the couch. You know. Yeah, yeah. It no, was all of it, no, was no. All about, it was all about Versace. What I what I what I'm looking at is this: like five shots couldn't drop him. He Pac, took it Pac took it. Pac took it too far with some of the stuff that he was saying, and I get it. I get Pac's perspective that Big didn't look out for him. Big didn't send him no money when he was locked up, all these different things. And then we've seen the other sides of the reports where Big was like, they wouldn't let me see Pac in the hospital. There's two different sides to the story. So I think with Pac escalating it even more, it didn't become a rap beef anymore. It became a personal beef where violence got involved, the streets got involved, and that took it away from hip hop, unfortunately. And even Pac said it himself. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't tone it down. I couldn't do anything to de-escalate it because it got way too far to the point where people from the West Coast hated Biggie. People from the East Coast hated Pac. It, it got way out of hand. Fair enough. Yeah, it was dangerous, bro. It was scary. Yeah, but but uh, after that, um, now we now we get to uh, 1997, and you know, Big is coming back, and he's you know, prior to that, you know, he's working on the Life After Death album, which is my favorite hip hop album of all time. That that album, that's the first rap CD I ever bought with my own money, and you know, I played that joint back to front all over like oh it just it just it just changed my world and obviously one of the biggest songs ever hypnotized and i mean look at look, look at all the smash singles that were on there man look at all look at how that album was crafted it was way different from ready to die double this double this cd they used a lot more samples they kept it old school kept it new school they worked with all these different producers I mean, you had RZA, you had Primo, you got the Hitman now pushing it as a, as a team. And Biggie wasn't just beefing with Pac; he also had some issues on the East Coast too, and he mentioned it. He, he he's the king of subs, man. That kick in the door. If, if 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 people didn't come out and say who each verse was about, we never would have known. That's what makes it so brilliant. And the storytelling. Oh my lord, Jesus! I got story to tell. Niggas bleed, part um, part of my language, people. Um, what's that? Somebody got to die. Like it was what you got here. Like you said earlier, Candy Man, you have another movie. Yep, Biggie is so good with the cinematic storytelling. Like you, you could visualize everything he said. It was beautiful. Yep, and uh, you know the phone rings, and he's like. All right, baby, hurry up and get up. We're going to LAX. He's like, Cali? <laughs> yeah, man. He said he's going to Cali. You know what's kind of crazy? You know, I looked at an interview, which is one of Biggie's last interviews, which was on Rap City with Joe Claire. Shout out to Joe Claire. Where he mentioned, you know, because Too Short is on the album. Yep. E-40 was supposed to be on there, but E-40, I, I believe E-40 couldn't get clearance. He couldn't. He, he was doing so many other projects. He couldn't get clearance to be on it. So imagine if E Forty was actually on that album, especially with the story with E Forty and Big. That was kind of crazy. 
just to dive into it, a lot of people probably don't know about this, or maybe they haven't heard about it in a while. There was a situation where Biggie made some comments in uh, about E40, not in the way that it should have been interpreted, but that's how it came off. Because an interviewer asked Biggie about what do you think the E40? I don't mess with dude at all. And I'm not saying it the way he said it, but he's saying, I don't mess with dude at all. That made it sound like he's hating on him. Oh, nah, he's whack. That's the interpretation that you're going to get from a statement like that. I think what Big Met was like, I, 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 I don't really listen to his records. I don't really know much about his records. But he said, I don't mess with dude at all. Word got back and 40 got, 40 got the goons. Big is in California. They set Big up, surround him. They got him pinned down. He can't leave. And then Big is like, yo, get that man on the phone. Get E-40 on the phone. E-40 is on the phone. He's talking to Big. And then whatever the conversation was, it was in private. Big hands back the phone to the dude that got the gun on, 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 on Pop. And 40 is like, yo, listen, I want y'all to escort these guys to their hotel. And I want y'all to stay there. And then in the morning, I want y'all to escort them to the airport. And they riffing like, yo, man, you crazy, man. We got him right here. We got him. Blah, 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 blah. No, 40 was like, nah, you do what I say. And they did. And they peacefully, as men, so they were going to do something together, but it didn't happen. And, you know, we're going back to Cali, which is an easy mobile joint. You know, and, and Easy Mo B said it himself. He's like, that wasn't the intention of the record. When he sampled more bounce to the ounce, it was supposed to be called something else. But uh, Big changed the title, and you know, the, you know, that's where he was at at the time. And it's a huge, huge classic album. I mean, Bone Thugs is on there. Um, One Twelve is on there. The Locks come in with that last day, which is one of my favorite records. And of course, Candy Man, one of your all-time favorites, Mo Money, Mo Problems. Oh goodness gracious! Why? <laughs> you know, I'm not even gonna. It, no, I, no, I, know I, why, I know why. I know why I, you say that. But it is though, ain't it? No, ain't it is not. Of, yes, it is. Ain't that no. one of your favorite songs, bro? No, it is not. I know why you're saying that. No, I'm being for real. I'm not joking. I'm not talking about no, that. No, it's a, it's an inside joke, ladies and gentlemen. No, I thought that was one of your favorite records, though. You thought wrong. Well, you serious? So why'd you use it for? Hey, you know my favorite. You know what my you know what my favorite song on this album is. Which is what's beef? Oh, that's your favorite. What's beef? And the number two is you got the dough. <laughs> I know the whole worst I love the dough. Shout out to Jay Z. That's one of my shout favorite out, records. And shout out to Angela Winbush. Woo! They had to leave the studio and go get her personally to sing that part because it's her record. I yep. love you more. And then it's like, I love the dough. And it, it was just a perfect, perfect record. Oh, my God. I just love it. But uh, sadly, Biggie didn't even make it to see the day that this album was released. Yeah, man. It was a tragedy, man. And we, we've, tragedy. Covered, we've covered that event on the show at Nauseam, too. Yeah, man. We had. It was a sad day. Real sad for hip-hop. Big couldn't even enjoy it. He couldn't see the success. He didn't even see the debut. Nope. So... He was come down and they released it a week later. Yeah. Uh, sad, man. Yeah, very, very sad. Yeah, man. Um, but we, we're not going to harp on that. But nah. 97, because we've covered it already. But 97, you know, Bad Boy loses big. Um, 
you know, everybody's asking, oh, so they lost their biggest star on their roster. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? And how? And and Puff goes to Harlem and goes and gets Mace. And Mace, yeah. of course, makes his first appearance on Mo Money, Mo Problems on Life After Death. Yes, sir. And then uh, Mace now becomes the top guy at Bad Boy. Yeah. And, but before Mace can get shined, uh, Puff comes out with his album, uh, No Way Out, which uh, did really, really well. Won a uh, Grammy, everything. You you may have heard of certain songs from No Way Out, like Victory. Mm-hmm. The original version of Been Around the World. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Senorita. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Young G's. That's another great course, record. And of course, because I can never forget the performance where Sting from Sting and the Police had to perform on <laughs> You always oh, bring that up. <laughs> yeah, bro, because he Sting just looks so out of place. I love that performance with the blend of the two songs, man. Uh, I'll Be Missing You. Which is a uh, tribute to the Notorious Big. Oh, oh, and how could I forget? The song where the beat switched and the sample switched mid mid song uh, is all about the Benjamins. To this day, still a great game changing record. And the debut of Black Rob was on there. Yep, Black Rob joined the mob. It ain't no replacing him. Mm-hmm. Yep, no way out. Big album. It uh, sold so many records, and it 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 pushed Puffy in the forefront as the as the main guy, even as the CEO and producer, but you said it yourself. Now it's time for the next talent. Puff knew he needed somebody to carry the forefront after Big, and who does he recruit? He gets a guy from Harlem by the name of Mace, who also appeared on the song with 112 and Big, Only You, with a great verse. And uh, now we get into the Harlem world. Talk about Harlem world. Harlem world, 1997, Mace's first album. Lead single, which I I I hate this song with a passion. <laughs> what? I hate feel so good. Are you sick? But listen, did you not listen to Puff where he said take hits from the A days, but it was sound so crazy? Yes, it does. It was the classic. <laughs> That's for the roller skaters, bro. <laughs> oh my God! Turn it off. Talking about headbreds, red legs, TVs, all up in the headbreds. Come on, <laughs> bro! Every single time my phone is on shuffle in the car and feel so good. <laughs> Automatic skip. Oh, you are oh, you a hater, man. No I'm way. I'm not a hater. I hate that beat. That beat is fantastic, bro. Hey, hey, hey. What you got to say? Come on now. You know the record. Uh, Hollywood swinging. Come on, bro. Hollywood. <laughs> but uh no, but but there are a lot of good songs on that. Uh oh yeah, plenty. Yo, you know what my favorite I told you what my favorite uh my favorite um, song on that album is what is it? Take what's yours with DMX on the hook. What I love about that album too, even though even as commercial as it as it as it is, May still keeps it hood with some of them hard street records. Yeah. And that one, what you just said with DMX, great great song. And then you know the, uh, the song with Buster Rhymes on the hook, niggas want to act. Um, he's got. You know, obviously, twenty four hours to live, which is an amazing song. Oh, and my and my other personal favorite. Why are you over there looking at me? You know who's singing why that hook, right? Why your girl standing there? You know who's singing that, right? Isn't it Puffy? That was Pharrell. Oh shit, for real? Pharrell was on the first part, then Puffy was on the second part. Oh, 
like the Neptunes did some ghost production at the time. Like they were unknown and they were doing some joints. So yeah, that was that was part of it. Oh, and um, don't forget the play away, because you know they went and got my people, eight ball and MJG here. Yeah, yeah, they had to get Suave House on that on there. Shout out to shout out to TO, man, because one of our favorite records that we talked about was I Need to Be with uh Monifa. Oh man, we always joke about that earlier skit in the beginning. Yo, she wasn't 19, son. <laughs> Shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yo, 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 keep quiet because you we might be stitching out here. <laughs> that was the skit for everybody that don't want to listen. That's the skit on the album where he's talking. About, who, 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 who was it? Cardan, he was talking to it was Cardan, yeah. That was too funny, man. You know what other song I really ain't care for? Harlem World was that Love You So. Ah, with Billy Lawrence, shout out to Joe Vell because I know he, he loves that album and he loves Billy Lawrence. It was it was, uh, again. It's that commercial hit because look what they sampled. They sampled um, Tina Marie. Yeah. They sampled Square Biz. So when you hear that doom 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 doom, which is a eighties classic type. You see, that's the thing that I that that I loved about Bad Boy at the time. They understood that they had a signature sound of a formula taking classic 80s, 70s, 60s records and redoing them and putting them out. That way the youth can appreciate it and the group age group that grew up during that time could appreciate it too. It captured two markets. Yep, that is very true. It was smart. It was a good business. Yep. And, Har- and Harlem World did what? Sell five million? Uh, according to the research, uh, Harlem World, yeah, Har- Harlem World was a was a was a was a very big success, my friend. Great debut uh, for Mace. Quadruple platinum. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, it, it was the least selling album in 1997 because you know, um, Life After Death went uh, diamond. It's eleven times platinum now. Yeah, no way out seven times platinum. Yeah, at least four times platinum. That's still no slouch. Not at all. Now, Money. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say, 1998 starts the decline. It did, but gotta give it up to my boys from YO with their debut. Yep. Whatever you like. Money, power, and respect. I love the fact that they were able to come out with their with their debut. And again, what we have here besides money, power, respect. I mean, look at the record. If you think I'm jiggy. <laughs> By the way, folks, we talking about the locks. Uh, yes, LOX. You, you may know the locks from uh, such films as The Burial of the Diplomat. <laughs> Why you got to bring that up, man? Because my, my, my heart's still hurting. <laughs> Your heart is still hurting, man. So uh I've never, been, pop- I've never I've never been able to listen to Cam and Jewels <laughs> and Jimmy the same. Since They're then. fine. They're good, man. It, it it was for what it was, man. It was it was a battle. And uh, you know, shout out to Harlem, man. Shout out to Harlem. Yeah, shout out to Harlem. Yeah, yeah. You know, but um, but and it's it, I'm glad you brought that up because according to the locks, well, Jada Kiss specifically, he said Puffy called them. And said, yo, y'all know what y'all got to do. Y'all know what records y'all got to use. I even heard, according to, to, to Kiss, they was going to bring out Puff and Bass. Oh, boy. If they would have pulled that move, the battle would have been over early, bro. 
you basically bringing out some Harlem Giants, and we know the history between Mason Cam and all that. So imagine if the Locks was able to pull that off, son. That would have been amazing. Oh, my God. But no discredit to money, power, respect. It was different because now, you know, even though Mary J. Blige is from Yonkers, and Mary discovered the Locks and brought them to Puff. So now you got Yonkers coming in here. And they're trying to get their stuff in. My favorite, one of my favorites is Let's Start Rap Over. I love that song. And uh, shout out to Carl Thomas because he's on there. And Carl Thomas actually was on Life After Death. A lot of people might not notice. On The World Is Filled, he's singing the hook. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's where, yeah. Carl Thomas, a a debut for him. And I also want to shout out Kelly Price. We have to talk about her. Even though she wasn't signed to the label, She's on all them records doing background. She's on More Money, More Problems. She's on I Want to Thank You on the Locks album. She's on Young G's. She's on so many records. I know I'm missing a few, but Kelly Price was, was one of the main background singers for Bad Boy Records. And, and you know what's funny? You mentioned people that are that are not on Bad Boy, that played a role in Bad Boy. So uh, Lil' Kim was all over a lot of bad boy stuff, even after Big died. And yep. um, Puffy worked closely with her, even though she wasn't one of his artists. Um, yep. It's funny you bring up Kelly Price, because Lil C's is the same thing. Puffy had his hands all over Lil C's uh, debut album. There you go. And, and I, think, I, I think they trusted him. They trusted Puff because they seen what Puff did with Big, so they felt, well, he did this stuff with Big, and, you know, maybe he could help us. And I mean, the Locks album... Credit to the album. It was a good debut for them. That's their only album on Bad Boy because they left, you know, they, right they, after. No, well, 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 they went back one time to throw a refrigerator through Puffy window. <laughs> they didn't throw no fridge through no window. It was a threat to throw a fridge through the window. It didn't actually happen. So, 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 the, so the, fridge didn't go, the fridge didn't go through the window. No, no, no fridge went through no window, man, no. But, but, but it's interesting what you said about 1998 because now we're starting to see a change in the sound and in the music and in the label. Now we're getting into something else. After the locks, where do we go from here? Now you have another rapper from Brooklyn coming out by the name of Sean Poe. Well, hold, well, well, hold on, hold on. You, 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 uh, mm-hmm. you, you're going a little bit too fast. Okay. Um. So the rest of 1998 is not a uh, is not notable because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the the locks goes platinum. Faith Evans, she drops keep the faith platinum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't forget about keep the faith. Yeah. Total goes gold. One twelve double platinum. Mm. And then when we get to 1999, and uh, you know, we got to talk about this before we talk about Shine. But mm-hmm. so Mace drops Double Up, and we've spoken about Double Up on our disappointed album. Oh, yeah, Double Up, man. Now Double Up goes gold, but Double Up ain't no Harlem world, bro. What do you think went wrong? I think I think Mace uh, Mace got comfortable. Mm-hmm. He uh, he had the success from he had the success from uh, what you call it from Harlem World, and then also you know he wanted to go the religious route because right after Double Up drops, what happens? Mace retires and decides to become a pastor. Yeah, um, listening to Double Up, the 
the energy wasn't there. And like you said, the hunger wasn't there. And there wasn't that, there weren't that many standout records. And this is where Mace is trying to put on his crew. He's trying to put on his crew, Harlem World, and he's oh, yeah. trying to bring in, you know, these other acts. And I don't know, like even even um, D Dot was saying himself, like, yeah, he wasn't really feeling that album. I mean, they did what I mean, they did what they could to try and you know get get it going, but it just it just didn't have that feel like it was supposed to have, like Harlem World did, and. It was just, it was just different, you know, it, it, it was, it went gold, but when you sell 4 million, 5 million records and then your sophomore album goes gold, what does that do to you? I mean, hey, and you remember what they said on uh, looking at me, can a young nigga get money anymore? Well, the young nigga got money and then some, and I guess that's why he, because you know what it is? Listening to Double Up, you could hear that Mace doesn't sound inspired. No, he's not inspired at all. Yeah. Yeah, you can. You can. And and it's like, uh, it just, it came out, it did what it did. And it, and it, and it, and it was just, it was just done. Like it didn't, it didn't, it didn't make an impact. It didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. And it's, 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 it's real sad. It's, 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 it's real sad. And, let me ask you, did you like Get Ready? Initially, I did, but then I started to get bored with it. Like, it's not, it's not a feel so good. It's not, and I think that's what they tried to recapture. They tried to follow the same formula with that, but we're in a different year. We're in 1998. This is a different time period. This is a different sound, and music 90, 90, is changing. 99. 99. Right. Okay. Right. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're in '99 and music is changing because now, who's the hottest in 1999? It's all the hottest are all in the south. It's not bad boy anymore holding things down. You know what I'm saying? Now you're going to other places. You're going to other avenues, and it's completely, completely different. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I like the song in the beginning, but it's not a song that I would run and play. Well. If I tell you what my favorite song off Double Up is, you probably would laugh. What, what song is it? Oh, baby. You want to make me cry? I like that song, to be honest. Make Me Cry is the best song on that album. in my be- Because it has a message. Yeah. It has a message in it, and it, it's a great song. One, one keynote that people need to pay attention to is on the song, That's the Way It Is. Is that the name of it? Yep. You know, there's a line that they block out, and I guess I guess it was out of respect for her. But when you listen to it, he was like, "What I want with a with with a hooker or a hoe when I'm getting head from Brandy." Oh shit! Mason Brandy were an item at the time, and and he said that on a record. I thought that was a bold move. <laughs> I respect it, but they blocked it out. Yeah, which was yeah. I mean. Come on. And it was really taboo at the time because now you, you see a lot of couple relationships and shouting each other out on records and everything like that. But that wasn't done. Stevie, Stevie J, you the man, bro. <laughs> what? Stevie J the man again? 
Stevie J. Stevie J. Ah, <laughs> uh, Faith, you, you fucking bimbo, you. Oh, come on, man. Leave Faith alone, bro. <laughs> Stop it. I didn't know that he had problems with my husband. What the fuck oh, man. man. Stop Big, it. Biggie, Stop Biggie, it. Biggie must have never pillow talk, man. But you know what the thing with Bad Boy 2 is? Now, it's, it's like R&B is now their main successor. Because what did you mention? You talked about Keep the Faith. You talked about 112 Records. Those records still sold. Yeah. It's like hip hop is now out of their lane, and R and B should really be their lane, because they had more R and B acts than they had rap acts. I agree. And um, speaking of R and B, Puffy's next album drops right after Mace, right? Mm-hmm. And my least favorite song in the entire Bad Boy catalog is on this fucking album. Can you tell the people? Yeah. So Puffy drops forever. <laughs> and satisfy you has to be why are you hating on that song man bro when you listen all right, rap lab, is all right i want i want all the listeners of the rap lab to go and listen to that song that song is all right it's all right why it's you can all you, right bro you can tell you can tell that puppy is reading off the paper that the he's lyrics not a rapper off. he's not a rapper he don't, sound like he, was, he don't sound like he reading off the paper on any other song uh, I mean, at this at this particular time, you know, I like the message in Satisfy You. Oh, and, and, and the beat. Like, I like the know, message. We don't know where they took that beat from. We know where they took the beat. Of course we know where, where they took the beat from. But he was like, that line where he said, what was that line about a woman needing some help? Because any woman with will and drive could get it herself. That's real. Yeah, he read that off the paper. Yeah, so what if he read it off the paper, bro? The message in the song is what matters to me, but I get your standpoint. That album was a disappointment, and that ain't even my favorite song on the album. My favorite song on the album is "Journey Through Life" with Nas and Beanie Siegel. That's not a bad. That's not a bad pick, but that nigga read that nigga read off the paper, fam. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. I mean, some some rappers today can't even read. That that's not funny. It's the truth. The quality of the education. Some, some of the rappers, some of the rappers, some of these young, some of these young rappers out there, man, and, and again. For all you haters out there that say I'm old and everything like that, you you know what you could do with yourself. But it's but it's clear. Listen to how they talk. Listen to how they rap. They sound like they can't even read. Well, you know my favorite song on the album. Off off the Feather album. Yep, I only got one song. What was it? Reverse with Shine and G Dep and CeeLo. That's a good song. I, I like that song with Jay Z too, though. I like that song. Are you are you talking about? Do you like it? Do you want it? I like that song with Jay Z. Yeah, man. I don't. It's this album, man. If it was a piece of paper, I'd have balled it up and threw it out. <laughs> it was a. It was a. It was a. I mean, again, it it just didn't work. Puff, you tried, and you know people criticized that album very, very hard. It was just. Eh. It, it didn't work. Best line on the album is is on reverse. It was like Indo intro. Indo outro, okay. <laughs> That's the best line on the album. Uh, let's let's move on from that fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> I will take Mace Double Up over Puff Daddy forever any day. I actually agree with you, Puff Dad, bro. You know, if I didn't, if I wasn't such a collector, you know what I'd have did, bro. I'd have used the booklet for the fucking album as toilet tissue. <laughs> You're a funny man, son. Yeah, but I, I Puff, yo Puffy make my blood boil, son. But anyway, uh, uh. um, and then 1999 ends. You know, the, the one more Biggie album. Let's drop another Biggie album. Unreleased stuff. 
and let's uh, take old verses and that, that nobody's heard and, and, you know, call up the hot boys and, and big timers and Eminem and be like, yo, y'all can jump on these tracks. We talking about a uh, born again. Yeah. Born again. Oh, oh, you know why I like born again, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you like born again? Notorious. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. There you go no, again. No, no. There you go Notorious. again. Must you, must you reference that no good waste of time documentary? no good waste of time there you go again man that's why he likes notorious y'all because when you hear it if you watch that documentary that's all you're gonna hear because they ain't get the rights to a lot of the songs you hear the same songs. no 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 notorious i actually like born again because of i mean for me being a a biggie fan just you know just hearing him and just vibing to it I love the features, even though they weren't together together, like the, the song the song with Mob Deep. I love that song. The song with Nas, I love that one. Let me get down. Let me get tell me how to get down. <laughs> get down. Let me get down. And we hear it, we hear uh uh is this is this G Depp's debut? Yes, it is. G Depp steps up in there, hearing him on there. Um, Method Man and Red Man is on there. It was it, 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 it that that could have been entitled the Biggie Duets that album right there i hear that a lot of people say that that particular album is chock full of features of people biggie would have never worked with yeah people say that however people people say that however even though these are my people and i hate to do this because they're my people but bg you get a come on son for your verse on hope you niggas sleep <laughs> I throw a bob through your window, blow you up in your home. Why does he get a couple of what'd he say? I see a little sister walking home from school. I abducted then I fuck her. Oh god. You remember he said that? I remember he said that. Woo. Man, but I mean, and again, I mean I mean, I mean it's not as bad. I mean, I know you think the one is worse, but yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Sound like a baby swallowing an auto tune device, but that's oh my god! But no, nah, that album actually, uh, a lot of people. I, I like Dead Wrong. I like Notorious. Eminem, Eminem killed that verse on Dead Wrong. Why or oh, why did they put Who Shot You on this album? Exactly. I don't know why they put that on there. I really don't know why they put that on there. It made no sense to me. And speaking, uh, and speaking of which, you said earlier, Big didn't want to fuck with Casey and JoJo. Well, here they are. Yeah, on the song, I really want to show you with Nas. Even though him and Nas, Ben should have had a song together, but due to certain situations, it didn't happen. But that song was pretty good. Uh, the song, um, If I Should Die Before I Wake, <sighs> Beanie Siegel, Black Rob, Ice Cube. And I memorized that uh, Ice Cube verse on that joint. That was one of my favorite verses by Cube on that one, man. Yep. And uh, a lot of people, I know Craig Mack was upset Maybe he was happy because he got a check, but let me let me get down. Uh, the original version had a Craig Mack verse. This one, he's only on the hook. Yeah, I didn't like that. I don't know why they. Let me get verse. down. Let me get down. Let me get down. Let me get down. Shout, shout out, out to, to Missy Elliott too. Missy Elliott was on there. Uh, too short on big booty hoes. <laughs> yeah. Funny song, funny song, man. Oh, big, big as a nasty dude. <laughs> and, and then, of course, uh, Dangerous MCs with Snoop Dogg, who, you know, you know, he, you know, he, he shot up our trailer, but I love him. They, they, they squashed it. They squashed it, bro. 
They was able to put past that. You, ain't, no lo- you, ain't, no, ain't, ain't no loyalty no more. You hear you hear a story about Snoop Dogg. Snoop Snoop knew big first. They squashed whatever situation they they had, and Snoop was in Atlanta while Big was recording. And yeah, man, it was cool. But uh, yeah, man. So, uh, and it goes double platinum. It was the most successful. It, Bad Boy only released three albums in '99, and of course, the Biggie one sold the most. Yes, sir. Now we get to 2000, where things continue to get depressing. So Black Rob uh, gets his first album. Black Rob, who died earlier this year, R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace, Rob. Um, but I will admit, every time I've gone out and they have played throwback music, you know, you always hear like, "Whoa, it's an anthem." I don't I, even know. I don't even know how to classify something as "whoa." Can you help tell the people when some? What does it mean when something is "whoa"? Well, Black Rob broke it down at the beginning of the, of the record. Anything you see is "whoa." Like if something looks good, whoa. You in shock that something happened? Whoa. It sound like I'm rapping. But yeah, that's what won't mean. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize, but there were other good songs on that album other than Whoa. whoa Indeed. Indeed. Whoa, yes, whoa. there was. Whoa was the only one that got played, but Aspacio, a lot of people sleep on Aspacio. Aspacio was fire. A lot of I, people. Yeah. Yo, Life Story by Black Rob is, is one of my favorite slept on. I call it a slept on album. It is a slept on. I, I love Black Rob's delivery and just his raw aggression when he's rapping. His voice is just so good, man. Like It's, it's perfect for a record. Yo, and shout out to my guy Mark Curry, man, on Down the Line Joint. Mm, Mark Curry. That's another name for y'all out there, man. Mark Curry is a guy who's been on all over bad boy stuff, and he never got the credit, man. No, it's it's unfortunate he never got the credit he deserved either. Especially when he, you know, he ghost wrote a lot of rhymes. He, you know, he he did a lot. You know what I'm saying? He did a lot for Puff and, and and everything with the writing and all that. So, I mean, life story, it went platinum. That it did. That it did. Yeah. God bless. God bless Black Rob, man. Yep. And like uh. Like Biggie said, Black Rob joined the mob. There ain't no replacing him, and there was no replacing him. Not at all. Not at all. Especially, uh, you know, when you rewind and go back to the family. I love you, baby. What a song. Oh, Rob, yeah. Rob could rap, man. Rob, Rob was rapping, man. You know, I, and I'm glad you brought that up. You, you, see, you, see the, you see the formula here? with Puff as far as having that one artist to carry the banner and carry the flag of bad boy. Like, what do you think with Black Rob? Do you think Black Rob had the capability to carry the the label or no? Nah. I So in 2000, when it comes to bad boy, mm-hmm. Black Rob is like the Craig Mack. Mm. He, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to be an artist that's going to get you sales. But he's never going to be your top guy. He's going to be a serviceable. He's going to be serviceable. But that's about it. Right. So, but I don't think Black Rob was ever looked at as a guy who could, who could carry the label, you know? Right, right. I mean, because you need, like, marketability plays a huge, 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 huge part. And, yeah, you need that, you need that forefront. You need, the, you need that front man to help you. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, but 
it wasn't going to be Black Rob. I don't even know if Black Rob was all that marketable. That's another thing, too. Like, you need somebody that you can market. When I see Black Rob, Black Rob is a great storyteller. I see that hood storyteller, you know what I mean, that, that, that tells hood stories. Commercial-wise, you know what I'm saying, you need, like, even though Woe was a huge single and a great, great song, great production, even the remix, they had, you, you, you could tell, that's another thing with Bad Boy. First single was so hot, you had to do a remix to it. That became their narrative doing these remixes. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get there because you know Puff thinks he uh Puff thinks he invented the remix. So <laughs> but um keeping on pace with uh bad boy 2000. Um yeah, 2000's not a is not a it's not a great year. I mean, yeah, Carl Black Thomas Rob, though, Carl Thomas came out. Don't 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 talk to me about no Carl's. What's wrong with Carl Thomas? No, no listen, no, no, no. we that, we can we, we can't talk about bad boy and I talk about Carl Thomas. Bro, I'm gonna tell you right now. Oh no, that music video for Summer Rain <laughs> has me forever traumatized. Why, what is wrong with you in Summer Rain, man? The niggas, first off, the niggas in the tight ass sweater. <laughs> Second off, like I understand he had muscles in his arm, but come on. Second, oh. Secondly, it's raining outside, and the nigga is twirling in the rain like a woman. Bro, you can't have an RB song at that time without being in the rain. Everybody was doing it. <laughs> nigga was twirling in the rain. Everybody bro. was doing the rain, man. I should do the rain. rain. Thomas did the rain. Tyrese did the rain. Everybody did the rain, bro. Yeah, but Tyrese wasn't twirling in no fucking raindrop. What, what is your definition of twirling? You know what? I'm gonna. You're gonna see on on, on for everybody who follow the Rap Lab on Instagram. I'm gonna post the Summer Rain video. It's a good song though. Did that? Yo, Summer Rain should have been should have been renamed "Twirling in the Rain." <laughs> I wish is my all time favorite. Oh man, like I like the emotional. Oh my god, like just the lyrics and I wish touched my soul, man. And it was so hot. Once again, you got to do a remix. And shout out to my rap father for being on it. Y'all, y'all don't know about the remix from LL Cool J, man. It was great. And Carl Thomas, you, you stop twirling, go sit your ass down, man. The album went platinum. Will you stop hating on Carl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did go platinum. Uh, every woman in America, every black woman in America, bought that album. But they see that nigga twirling in the bro, ring. bro, 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 bro. You ain't saying nothing about Usher. And Usher was doing cartwheels and all that stuff for the rain. Why you hating on Carl Thomas for? Bro, I rather see the cartwheel. Than to see the fuck. Everybody was in the rain. Even Ray J was in the rain, bro. Yeah, but that's Ray J. What's the difference? And like I told you, man, you just don't get it. They didn't twirl in the rain. What is your definition of twirling, bro? You know what? I'm gonna just I'm gonna send you the video and I'm gonna just point out. When oh you my lord! It's not all that serious, bro. <laughs> you're doing too much with that. Everybody was in the damn rain if you're RB singer at the top. All right. Twirl, niggas twirling in the rain. You think that should be acceptable? What's yay, man? Leave him alone. Hey, 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 hey. So let me ask you a question. You you've been in the you've been in the rain, right? Yes, I've been in the rain. Who you hasn't have, been in the rain? Nigga, you ever twirled in the rain? I'm trying to get in the house. Exactly. Hey, what was he doing? He was not trying to it's get in the house. It's a music video. It's a music video. I guarantee you, if you were doing a music video and you had to get paid to be in the rain and you doing a video and you working, are, are, aren't you going to stay in the rain? Yeah, but I ain't going to twirl in no fucking rain. No, it's an R&B record. 
It's an R&B song. He's dancing. He's moving. He's twirling in the rain. So what? Listen, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tell you, I'm a tell you this, right? There's a lot of things. Since you want to talk about R&B and romance, or whatever. There's a lot of things I would do for my girl. Shout out to Tiff. What, what's up, y'all? Love. Do you realize you've wasted time talking about the rain? Are you a weatherman or something? I'm getting there. Listen, so, but but if I ever had to go out in the rain for any reason, you know, on some romantic shit for my girl, you best believe, even if there's R&B music playing in the background, niggas is not twirling in the fucking rain. A lot of other artists did it. You're not you, criticizing no, anybody did, else. They world. They did, you're they not, you're not, stuff. you're not, you're not criticizing everybody else that, that damn, that, that twirled all in the rain. There's plenty of people who twirl in the rain. You're just singling out Carl Thomas. I I'm, guarantee you, if you look up other videos, you'll see other people twirling in the rain. Dancing in the rain, not twirling in the rain. Yo, you got to change your definition, bro. There's plenty of people that done damn near twirled in the rain. I'm going to go and watch that video tonight. There's plenty of videos, bro. Genuine was in the rain. Aaliyah was in the rain. I don't. I don't fuck with this nigga. Genuine either. Fuck Everybody him. was in the rain. Aaliyah was in the rain. Aaliyah's a woman. She could. She. She has Bad a life. Pe- but 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 what I'm trying to tell and you, she looked damn good. It's an R and B thing. It's an R and B thing. R and B dancers are in the rain. Nigga, nigga said genuine. And nigga who yeah, said, genuine was in the rain. So nigga, what? Nigga who 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 almost had his dick out in a fucking music video naked in front of a black screen. Hey man. The ladies love genuine. That's their business. Man, fuck that. Man. They got nothing to do with me. You realize you wasted your entire time mentioning about the rain and all this other crazy stuff, man. We we could be diving into the other records and you've been on the rain, man. I, you know what? I'm going to call you Mr. G from now on. What's the weather outside, though? It's partly cloudy with a chance of fuckery. You got, you got your mind, sir. But uh, moving on. So I know you brought him up earlier. So after yeah. Mace departed, Shine was supposed to be the guy, right? Yeah. A lot of people knock Sean because they say, yo, he sound like big, which I personally didn't hear. I didn't like that line by Little Kim. Everybody Sean when they sound like big. I thought that was foul. Yeah, and, and personally, listening to both of them, I don't think Sean's voice is deep, but I don't hear big when I hear Sean. I don't hear it either, and he said it on the record. Similarities in my voice, check my words. The content, way different. Now, Sean's album, Sean's album goes platinum, but he got in legal trouble before he could uh, before the he could see the album come out. We covered that on a previous episode not too long ago in the archives of what happened. So we no need to go into what happened in the club. Actually, it's funny the uh, the last formula me and To actually brought up and, and examined the case. So if you want to hear about it, you can go back and listen to that the 1999 episode, which is our most recent. Um, but Shine, you know I like this album, right? Oh no, I knew it was coming. Sweet. Shout out to Barrington Levy. Love you. You was on Bad Boys. You was on Body and Shine. Body and Shine is my favorite. Yo, you do a hell of a Barrington Levy. Can you do it one time? <laughs> what you talking about? I do a, 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 a hell of a Barrington Levy. And in the bad boy on the corner. <laughs> well, I mean, for Barrington Levy, because, because I said earlier, um, Bonnie and Shine is my favorite just because of the story alone and everything like that. And uh, on the telephone, when she heard my voice, tell me to pick her up in my Rolls Royce. If my Rolls Royce is not for ladies, then girl, I'm going to take you in my Mercedes. If my Mercedes will not fill up with the disease, then girl, I'm going to take you in my fire bird. If my fire bird cannot take the curve, 
girl, put your ass in the dumb metro bus. I love that joint. But obviously for you, you like the you like that part better. No, but even on Bonnie and Shine, in between when he's when he's going his part and Shine is on the hook, he's like, oh, stop destroying him. <laughs> you sound terrible. Oh my god, that sounds so painful. Yeah, but on, on Bad Boys, though, the only part I can make out what Barry Levy says is, and then the bad boy on the corner. <laughs> we are dangerous. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, man, but, but Chanel, I like Chanel. Oh, That's Gangster is, is, is one of the uh, the underrated songs. And, you know, they sampled your boy D.O.C. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Dum, 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 dum. It's funky enough. Funky. Gangster. Gangster, nah, but shout out to Shine Poe, though, man. It's fucking oh, yeah, man. But, yeah, man. um, shout out to Shine Poe, but yeah, Shine was supposed to be the guy, yeah. And you, you realize all everybody who tends to be the guy on Bad Boy, Biggie gets murdered, Mace retires abruptly and loses his mind. Some people say, and Shine got locked up. And then you right. realize after Shine, Puffy gave up on trying to have a quote unquote guy, yeah. After that, it kind of just went to, you know, it kind of just went to hell. And, you know, when you mentioned Shiny, you guys covered what happened uh, in the club with uh, Puffy, J-Lo, and Shine. And after that, he 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 gave up looking for the guy. Everything just changed after that. Yep. And now if you look going on to 2001, kind of getting weird. Like you said, it's like Bad Boy becomes an R&B label. Look at Listen to these albums, right? We're not going to mm-hmm. go through each of them one by one, but listen mm-hmm. to these albums. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people forget about Dream. They do. Girl yeah. group. Mm-hmm. They went platinum. Mm-hmm. One, one twelve. They they go platinum. Peaches and Cream and Dance with Me, which is a good album. Part three. Now, uh, P Diddy and the Bad Boy Family. The saga continues. Goes uh, goes double platinum. Dun, 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 and of course, let's get it. Make this money. Take all oh, you Harlem shakers out there. Harlem shake. Faith Evans goes platinum, and the only album that Bad Boy released that year that didn't do anything was "Child of the Ghetto" by G. Depp. Special delivery. Special delivery was a hit, but the rest of the Huge album was hit. And again, you had a remix from it. Of course, because you know, Bad Boy they they claim they uh they they uh they they invented the remix. Uh, but 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 you know what the biggest song of the year 2001 was right for bad boy mm-hmm. tell them it's bad boy for life <laughs> right i love that video too we ain't going nowhere everybody was in that video they was they shot that video in california man Ooh, that's bold that's ballsy nah nah because at the time it was over it was peace you know what i'm saying snoop was in the video ice cube was in the video this is when Puffy is now known as Diddy. You know I me. Mean? You had you had the you had the Diddy record. Shout out to, to our boy T.O. because he loves making fun of that record because of the hook. But yeah, you had the, you know, it was a different time period then. Yo, 2002, you realize there's no bad boy releases in 2002. None. It's like they dropped off the face of the earth. But they come back in 2003 and it's another lackluster year. Uh, the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack was their most successful project because, you know, I mean, you got Shake Your Tail Feather, which also ended up on Murphy Lee's album with Nelly and uh and, and, and Mr. Diddy at this point. Yes, sir. 
it was a good record, Shake Your Tail Feather. And uh, then and even a non-bad boy artist, uh, you know, Jay-Z with La La La, that was a big record. Neptunes was all over the place. Yep. I went two times platinum, though. And then, unfortunately, the only other album that charted was from the band. Ah. Shout out to D-A-B-A-N-D. I have that album. <laughs> Nigga, throw, use that shit as a coaster for Stop you. it. Stop it. Stop it. You just hating it. Stop hating on your boy, Chopper. You know what I'm talking about. From your, from your town. Stop hating on Chopper, man. I plead the fifth. Shout out to Fred. Shout out to Bab. Shout out to Dylon Dillinger. Shout out to Enes. I used to watch. This is when we're getting into reality TV now, people. With the whole making the band and everything. I know everybody used to watch that show. Everybody watched that show. That show was great. Shout out to the band. Shout out to everybody in the band. I have that album. I rock with y'all. Babs Bunny, love you. Shout out to you. All y'all. Too Hot for TV was cool. It went gold. And then uh, <laughs> Sarah. Shout out to Sarah, too. I ain't forget you, baby. 112 and Loon, they release albums that go nowhere. How you want that? Tell me you want that. I mean, T always talk about that. I mean, Loon, we already know the issue with Loon. Who did he sound like? Who did he sound like? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a Harlem thing because we know. Um, Well, you heard Mace. You heard heard Mace. uh, He said, "Tell Loon and Fabby that they sound like I'm their daddy." But and the beef started after that. Loon was having it. But shout out to Loon though. He's in a good place in his life right now. Two thousand four. Carl Thomas still. Well, I guess he stopped twirling in the rain. He went gold. You leave Carl alone. Uh, Mario Widens with the biggest hit for Bad Boy that year. I just want to know. It was a great record. If you playing me, keep it on the low. You don't have a problem with that. What you mean keep it on the low? Can't take it anymore. But that's a problem. What you mean you want to keep it on the low? Don't you want to know if she's cheating on you? Sometimes, you know what, bro? Sometimes my life experience has taught me. Sometimes it's best not to know. <laughs> well, right now it's it's it, it's the gold season, like you said, because now Carl dropped, he go gold. Mario wanted he go gold. Everything going gold. Even Mace came back with Welcome Back, and that went gold. Well, prior to that, your boys released the Bad Boy release, Living Legends, Eight Ball and MJG, Bad Boy South, and that album was good though. That album was not bad at all, and uh. Even new edition, goddamn new. <laughs> By the way, sh- sh- shout out, shout outs to our guy Mac Phipps, man. But new edition, man. They gave, yeah, we're they gonna get a hot tonight. Got you on my number. <laughs> but I, but but you know what? I'm glad you mentioned Welcome Back and you brushed over it because I hated it, bro. We we Welcome Back made our disappointing oh, albums list. And... God, Welcome Back and all that dancing. Bro, song. do you realize that he uh, had a song on there called Keep It On, telling uh, women to keep their clothes on? Nah, yeah. take it off, bitch. Take it off. <laughs> what the fuck are keeping it on for? Well, you got breathe, stretch, shake, let it go. That was, that was enough. <laughs> telling women to keep their clothes on. What the fuck you think this uh, is? Why, why, why am I taking her to the telly for her to keep her clothes on? Mace was a changed man at the time. Yeah, yeah, and and, and and the very next year, talking about Talud and I think I'm their daddy. I don't know, officer. Well, he, well, he was a member of the unit at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 365 days later, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it all changed up, but yeah. But yeah, shout out to New Edition, though, for, for being on there, doing the dance steps and all that, man. 
We're going to get it hot tonight. That was a good record. <laughs> 2005, not much goes on. Boys in the Hood, B5, Black Rob, don't chart at all. Oh, man, B5, man. It's like, Boys in the Hood, shout out to them. But, you know, young Boys Jeezy. in the Hood, they had Jeezy, the didn't they? Yeah, Jeezy was in the group. But, uh, and then the worst Biggie album, the only one I don't own, the Biggie duets. That shouldn't have came out. That should not have. Come I don't. Out. I don't like nasty girl. I don't like hold your head. I don't like spit your game. I want to shout out my father because my father loves that record. You know what? Spit your game. Nasty girl. Your he pops just, like nasty girl. He likes how it sounds. He likes the beat. He likes the rhymes over it. He just he just loves that record. I gotta have a shot of scotch with your pops one day. <laughs> sure. Sure. We gotta talk. We gotta talk about that song. I mean, the final chapter. Uh, I mean, it, like you said prior with "Born Again," is verses that we heard. The production wasn't really all that. There was no need to really do this album. And who the fuck told Ralph Tresvant and and Ja Rule that that they 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 could be on old thing back, huh? <laughs> Shout out to my boy Ralph Tresvant and Ja Rule. Uh, two, uh, two has been niggas. Just don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Ralph Tresvan is a legend, and Ja Rule got the victory over Fat Joe in the verses. So stop all that, man. However, and because, you know, there's not much more glory to talk about when it comes to bad boys. So we'll cut it off in 2006. 2006 is, is really the last good year for bad boy. I mean, prior to that, you know, Young Jock came with me. We in the drive. was going down. That oh, was yeah. platinum. Yeah, yeah, Young Jock comes out early 2006. 05. He dropped in 05. Oh, 05, yeah. Platinum. Because it's yep. going. Meet me at the mall. It's going down. Mm-hmm. You know what my favorite part of that song is? What's that? It's a needy beat. <laughs> That's your favorite? Uh, Cassie, me and you, they still play that in spots to this day. She went platinum. Oh, yeah. Um, Danity Kane, who I actually met Dawn Richards in high school. And nice. Yeah, man. She, What's that like? She came to my after school program. She was cool, man. Uh, yeah, she seemed cool. Her energy, her vibe. That, their album went two times platinum, which was double, double platinum. Christian Danielle look. is the only skippable. We for that. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> and then Diddy Press Play went gold, even though that song, that record with him and Keisha Cole. Oh, man, that record is annoying to me. I like Press Play. I like the Christina Aguilera record. I, oh, come on, ho. <laughs> yeah. They got some good, yo, press play. The writing on that album, like the Ghost Riders, really put some work. So it was good. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it. But after that, bad boy, they never charted ever again. Even your boys, eight ball MJG, were riding high. That didn't chart. Young Jock came out with Hustle Nomics. That didn't do anything. The last e five came in again. Nothing. The last time. A bad boy record charted was French Montana's album in 2019. It went gold. Wow, man. Actually, ain't that, ain't that something? French Montana has charted twice for bad boy, 2017 and 2019. Because when you go, when you go to 07 with Gorilla Zoe and Boys in the Hood and even Danny D. Kane, well, Danny D. Kane went platinum <laughs> in 08. Day 26 came out, didn't really do anything. Elephant Man even came out, didn't do nothing. Donnie came out didn't do nothing like it's like we got nothing according, nothing 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 according to the google machine if it's not machine gun kelly or french montana it's not charting because machine gun kelly has charted three times yeah he, yeah he went gold in 2012 with lace up and gold man. again in 2015 like you said he went gold again in 2017 and then you mentioned french montana that's another one niggas can't even go platinum nowadays bro yeah but man. let me ask you as we wrap up yes sir 
what is the long lasting legacy of Bad Boy in your opinion? Uh, the long lasting legacy of Bad Boy is trends, it's fashion, it's creativity, taking a risk. They're risk takers. They were risk takers. They 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 took chances on artists and certain sounds and certain things. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't work, it didn't work. But at least they took a chance. So it, it goes with saying, always bet on yourself and take a chance. That's, to me, the legacy of Bad Boy. And I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Puff had a good run. He did. You know what? Puff has a good ear for what's what, what people would like. I, I can say that. Because the track record is proven. And, you know, he did have success even, even in the 2000s, as we just said. So, yeah. And Bad Boys still kicking to this day because they still got French Montana. Um, they had Rick Ross for a while on a, on a co-deal. So, yeah, yeah. You know, so shout outs to Bad Boy. You can't, you can't talk about uh, top record labels without mentioning Bad Boy. So. No, sir. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a, a formula. Me and QG kicking it, talking about Bad Boy Records. And uh, yeah, the whole, the whole gang will be back together next week. So we'll see you. Peace.